0: Hello everyone and welcome to the MBA is Dead podcast. Well, today we are doing something quite interesting. We haven't even completed 10 episodes of the MBA is Dead and we are already having our first repeat guest. Well, actually, if I'm gonna be honest here, I wouldn't really consider it a repeat guest. It's actually more like a part two. If you recall, if you've you've been following along, a few weeks back, we hosted Fabio Chiaramonte, chief technology officer at a startup called Gymcraft. Among other stories on that episode, he shared with us uh, the crazy events behind the first amount of seed money he raised. It was absolutely fascinating, but we also had a time limit and didn't get to his current passion, which is his venture builder, called Cinque Monti, which is Italian for five summits, I believe. Anyways, if you haven't heard of the term venture builder before, they're kind of like startup accelerators or business incubators, but with a slightly different model, something we will learn about on today's episode. And uh, yeah, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard this term before, you will soon because they are all the rage, they're quite trendy. And uh, so it's, it's quite timely that we have him on the show and, and we can talk to him about how he's structuring his and, and what value that provides startups. Anyways, let's waste no more time and get the show going. Fabio, welcome to the show. Hello, Eric. <laughs> or I should say, welcome back. You're the... Uh, First, uh, guest that we're having on for the second time, which uh, is quite yeah. quick because we haven't even done 10 episodes yet. But the last uh, time I, we I were talking,
1: the, I heard sorry. the sequels are always better, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I'm sure it will be. Uh, well, the last time we, we got into it for about an hour, and then uh, I think I had a time constraint, and and we hadn't even touched on probably what is I think what's exciting you most right now is uh this venture builder that you're putting together. So that's what I want to talk about today, or at least start with that. Um, to get started, what can you just share with us what a venture builder is?
1: Well, the venture builder is uh, basically um, a service or company helping other founders or, or companies to build up a startup quite quickly uh, without... The hustle or, or or the problems a startup would normally face. So if you are acting on behalf of a company, usually the company will allocate you some funds to get a certain task done. And usually big companies they are not fast enough to implement certain changes. Uh, you have like um, for example you have a bank and they want to have some 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 uh, fintech. Uh, problem solved or a solution quickly done or or, um, a health insurance. (laughs) I mean, there's a perfect story that would tell the example. In Germany, they spent like 20 billions on on implementing an NFC chip card for the health insurances by the government, and they did not uh, really um, make it uh, or they were not successful on it meanwhile if you would have given uh, 2 million to a startup and a, a small aggressive team they would have done it in a year probably so this is perfectly what describes the necessity of um, building um, daughter company, companies in a, in a fast and aggressive startup way and that's exactly what I try to serve with with a, a company builder um, so on the one hand for the companies giving them opportunity to be able to, to act fast and more agile and um, like a speedboat. Um, and uh, for, for the founders, uh, they have the opportunity, if you are just a founder approaching me with your idea, seeking for help, I'll just help them to skip the odds that are stacked against them, uh, to not make the mistakes that I have been making back in the days and, you know, giving just uh, passing on my, my best practice and my, my network and my experience to um, validate fast and move fast forward in in the especially in the seed and in the beginning and uh, of the company.
0: So, you know, obviously I'm in the space and so familiar with venture builders, and I think there's different manifestations of this. Uh, yours, what you're talking about, uh, or your your goal is to work explicitly with corporates to help corporates. Uh, get things done faster essentially in a nutshell
1: both both um, both both. for me it's it's a different thing you know i i have been uh, i've been as you know from the last episode i have been going through the startup startup experience myself for quite some years and then there's the question what comes after this what will you do once you have completed your first startup quest let's say and it's very unlikely that you go back uh, to working for someone else or you will also not just stay at home and do nothing because that's not the way you are made yeah I mean um, and um, so you will probably continue to to make startups and so to dedicate your time to things that you like I, I, I totally get that and
0: this, this kind of uh, raises another question because I think uh, people often hear these terms like serial entrepreneur, or they see people uh, launch other ventures while they're still working on the current one. At, could you talk a little bit in detail about where you're at with that? Because you're, you're still running uh, your first startup, right, Jimcraft?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, but Jimcraft is now in its uh, sixth or seventh year, and there is so much um, in the pipeline That does not that it does not require any intellectual or time time time-consuming decisions from my end. So I would be just sitting there and uh, administrating, and just for sitting there and being administrator or secretary, this is um, yeah. Then uh, this can get boring quite quickly. That's not interesting, and that's uh, the point when you start looking left and right, doing other things.
0: So Gymcraft um, is essentially scaling up on its own, like you have people in place, business development people, yes. uh, like a CTO, CFO, all those people that are just making the show happen and you're just coming in as CEO, just sort of uh, yeah, I, set, I'll, setting I'll the vision, there. doing the hiring.
1: Yes, I, was, I stay there giving my advice, um, uh, bringing things on track, but um, besides this, it's it's not that time consuming anymore and um i have the liberty to do other things as well let's put it that way and gotcha. um yeah also uh, yeah i mean in the last episode you have heard that the wild ride we had with jim craft what to get where we are at um i think we we did not get to the point um well it's it's doing okay but it's not performing as intended and um then it's it's time at some point also to move on and 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 uh you know uh, uh focus also on other things
0: so um, is is there yeah. a little bit is there a little bit of it where you feel like on a personal level, you've gone as far as you want with GymCraft and you're also kind of handing over the realm, the, the helm uh, to other people because you now want to get into other things that you think are more exciting or have, have more potential.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. that's that's where we are. Well, I mean, it, it, when people talk about serial entrepreneurs and stuff, it sounds all so easy. And, um, but it, it isn't. Everything, every journey was very hard to do, especially your first one was probably the hardest one. Because this is the journey that will probably put you in the position that you are able to dedicate your time to anything else. And um, this is what I wanted to to really stress out, is that having time or time is the key to everything in, in entrepreneurship. I mean, if you if you need to go to work to have your uh, freezer filled with food, you cannot work on ideas, right? Mm. And that's the reason why most of the people don't work on Their ideas or on on businesses or startups, else everybody would do.
0: And that's a very
1: often a restriction. You know, people are captured by the everyday life and don't get out of the hamster wheel um, because there's the necessity to. And there's this book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. You can imagine what it's about. You probably know it. And also in life, it's the same. I I met a lot of people. Where you could feel that people who have money automatically, a background with money, parents with money or whatsoever, they don't have the stress um, or the the pressure to be um, working immediately or doing stuff immediately. And therefore, they have the time they can dedicate to to things. Also, they are more likely to risk something because they are not so um, afraid of losing money.
0: Well this is I think so there's, there's a lot, a lot. of uh, a lot of questions like or this raises a lot of sort of uh, not questions, but you know people talk a lot about universal basic income. They talk about you know other opportunities to, that we could create for people to make it easier for them to explore uh, you know, creating businesses like this. So you're the venture builder, maybe we can talk a little bit about like how did it get started? Where are you at with it? What, what does it take to get one of these things going?
1: Well, in my case, like in the first episode, you you already figured out um, things seem to be very very easy and come flying to me, you know. And same thing is it basically with a venture builder. I have constantly people approaching me, um, asking for help. So, and then I basically take a look at the, at the business. Model or the idea they have, and if I see a billion dollar use case in it, or, or a financial plan that at ten years might hit a billion dollar in revenues uh, with with conservative numbers, then it's worth dedicating my time. Also, I need to like the 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 idea or the topic it's about, and very important, I need to like the founders um, and have the trust in the in the in the founders because so that's it's- basically a. A big part of it is the human capital that I see in the teams. And if it's worth jumping on board and, and, you know, throwing in my time.
0: And is it a one-man show so far? Or do you have a board? Do you have a fund? Do you have Like, is there some structure to it? For me,
1: it's a one-man show. I'm a one-man show by now. I'm just getting started with it. And um, basically, I have now three projects... um, that i have in the pipeline and getting ready um that are already advanced in different stages but it looks like that uh two of three no, all, all three but two of three will will get their first funding within this year and um so things are progressing it's it's looking good and so and, how does it work um, how does it work if i let's
0: say you know uh, I know you you know Fabio it's like hey I got an idea I pitch it to you what what where does it go from there
1: well then usually if I, I start off doing some design thinking with them and trying to to emphasize myself with what they are doing what is the customer doing um, I try to define uh, or being able to define a product with them that is really narrowed down to the, the, the market needs and finding the right value proposition they need to be, you know, focusing um, so they don't get too diluted in the vision. So I try first to find a very uh, sound and focused vision that we can work on. And then basically what you need to get your startup off the ground, in my opinion, There are probably many more opinions. Um, is to have a pitch deck, prototype, um, and, an, and an LOI with an industrial partner that is willing or showing interest to work with you. So that you have the validation of the market that, that you have a runway there, that you have some, some interest there? And then and you so go does, pitching.
0: And so does that mean you're doing exclusively uh, B2B, like exclusively with, with uh, startups that mm. have corporate clients?
1: No, no, no. It's uh, B two C also, um, but B two C of, of course can be harder because getting the validation on that end can be, yeah, can be harder. Yeah, but in in this case, when you have a B two C model, you can also have uh, an LOI with someone who is a distributor or someone um, giving you a, a, a heads up start, a good start. You know uh, that that can help you. To if, even if you have a B two C model, you you probably can close someone who is a very strong distributor. Let's say you you have uh, you can close for your B two B C model. You can close uh, let's say Amazon uh, as distributor. Then this is already worth a lot, and I think then you can convince people also that you have a, a future. Um,
0: so, right it's, um it's it's sort of like a b to b to c sometimes like uh, that, that can be a, a model that works and so do you have like a thesis are there verticals that you're interested in
1: stages
0: what 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 kind of piques your interest
1: i'm a stage, i'm most Interested in the complete beginning, the 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 lean startup thing, or when when people just get started and getting the mind sorted, the idea sorted to shape the first MVP. The seed stage for me is the most interesting, because this is when you have the opportunity to shape a lot of the things. You have the most of the action going down. You know later down the road there was also challenges but then i can imagine like very often like it gym craft and it's a lot of um administration uh, and and you know different kind of, of things i like the the punk that goes down in the first days and you know um designing a, a vision and designing a, a, a company uh, like. Uh, like a piece of art, let's say this maybe the background as architect in me that that likes uh, to build things from scratch. Uh, and um, it's yeah, definitely... so my, my specialty. Yeah, go on. My specialty is, I think, to to build things from scratch and to, to 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 communicate it or to to get the. That's funny. I I'm good in communication, but not when speaking myself because when speaking lot I know this um, but I think that I have the ability to hit the bullseye you know to, to understand the problem and to give one single bold answer to this problem and build the rest around it and I mean um, I think there's something be I said about
0: bold. about like different like personalities you know I think some people they really like that that early stage uh, Process of finding product market fit. Then there's other people that are much better at you know scaling and, and all the operations that go around that. Um, you know, I think some people even say it's it's kind of difficult to find people that are good at both, uh, which is you know yeah. a challenge a challenge for uh, most startups. But then, so do you do you fund these companies yourself, or do you go out and and help them get funding,
1: or both? Both. Um, for example, we had um, we had a, a, a fitness. Uh, how is it called? This IoT. The, the watches, um, smart watches, um, and we wanted to gamify uh, fitness outdoors, uh, which is something we didn't touch or we couldn't touch with with GymCraft by this time. But we wanted wanted to get this into the ecosystem, uh, and we, we had a founder, for example, that we said like, okay. We could fund this through GymCraft, for example, because this is something we would want to have in GymCraft and we are giving this startup basically to for the development of this standalone ecosystem, we can give them contracts uh, and um, contract them and through this giving them the first funding, for example. So I'm I'm trying to find synergies, of course, between the companies and to keep the, the funds moving inside the ecosystem. So if there are opportunities, we can do this if we have a company that is uh, dedicated to solve an issue, a specific issue, and they are down to, to, to give some funds for this. Of course, the company would do this, but at the, in, in in this first period, now, at the, right at the, this moment, I was just yesterday applying to two accelerator programs with one of the entities, and uh, it looks so good. I mean, uh, will they've probably will be funded um, the coming year just with accelerators and uh, partially even equity-free. So um, there's no need at the moment to do other things. This is is
0: interesting because there was a period a few years back where, uh, you know, people like Sam Altman of Y Combinator were claiming that there was a bubble of accelerators, uh, which maybe to a certain degree was true uh, or not. But you know we we started talking about this earlier, and i I'd, I'd be interested to dive into this a bit more uh but from your perspective, it seems like there's tons of opportunities with accelerators right now, and it's quite positive in fact the the one that you mentioned i, I believe was in japan right
1: yeah it's, uh, I mean it's not tons of ex- of of um uh of opportunities but there are some if you go looking for some there are some and sometimes you have to wait a little bit then the, then it will come up the next one and that from time to time there are quite good accelerators when you where you can get funding um with or without equity um of and and this is totally worth it i mean for for a young startup starting out that uh, it's it's you know it can make the difference of, of 20% of shares you know if you have get your first angel on board and he, in, in Europe you would say 200 250k is around 20 percent um, instead of burning this and you get 150k in an accelerator that is equity free the hell why not <laughs> yeah of course yeah that's it's perfectly fine and in, in our case, we have a, I have a beautiful data intelligence uh, startup here that is so highly qualified and the, it's so advanced on the technology that we are very confident, even w- w- with the partner networks we are working with, that um, we know that we can just apply to scientific grants or we can apply to scientific accelerators, like the um, uh, Y Combinator also made a. a, 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 a scientific founder fellowship where you get like 400k for a good deal like better deal than whatever you would get in 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 europe and um yeah i mean we're we're taking that route and uh, i mean we already (laughs) got the first clients on board so in best case we we can start completely lean we, we have funds we have i mean it can work like this but this said this only works because all of us uh, working in there do have the time to invest, um, you know, in in, in 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 building this. And when you
0: say us, do you just have like a loose, informal network of other, uh, let's say, almost angel investors that work with you on this, or or are there people that are <coughs> like specifically dedicated to this?
1: I, have, I, I, over the years in GymCraft, I met. Uh, Plenty of people um, that, are for example, the the angel investors are the, the investors that we we met on our way, the VCs we met on our way, um, some investors or some 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 other, let's say, business angels we met on our way even become friends by now. I um, uh, and and there's uh, from time to time, you know, you talk with each other and sometimes there are things that interest the one or the other person and you just have your network. And, um, sometimes there's a fit. It's, it's as simple as this. Uh, the more you move and get in touch with people, the more likely, or the more, you know, movement is in the network and knowing the right people, the more that there can be a fit at some point with something. And, um, yeah, you have to take life, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what uh, shifting shifting my uh, questions a bit here, but uh, from the sourcing side, do you do you find it challenging at all to find good companies? Like, wh- where do you where do you get these these founders from?
1: Like I said, they just come to me, no joke. <laughs> I mean, I I, I I'm they. If, Wow um, I have been for example in, in Berlin a few years ago and I have been uh, I, I applied for some kind of accelerator that's called Entrepreneurs First where you uh, where they, they give you the opportunity to incubate a new idea uh, and possibly fund it with I don't know some 80 or 100k or whatsoever and have a demo day in front of investors and stuff. So, and they are just picking the smartest people um, applying, you know, and you you find yourself then in a room with people from MIT, from Yale, from I don't know what, from from the different places all over the world and just the smartest people, which I found very funny because uh, I I got picked there also, and I just made my bachelor's of arts (laughs) (laughs) and I made it into that tech. Um, And being there... um, being there I, I i really uh um i i i i noticed something that when you go to these places you have a lot of talented people that work with a lot of you know fancy tech but they don't know how to turn it into something that can make them a living for example there's someone who was super strong and in deep in research of, of robotics and the best thing he could come up with what he could use his technology for is to make an, an, a robot in, in museums to give people information about the piece of art they are seeing. I mean, I don't need a robot for this. The, the, the value you give to the, the, the visitor would be the same if you just have a motion sensor and a speaker playing a, a sound file. Uh, you don't need an artful robot with a lot of sensors moving or whatsoever. Um, and there aren't so that many, there are not so many museums on earth that you can make a business case out of it. So, yeah, for it's example, just not,
0: not a scalable idea. But so, like. No. Like, I mean, this is, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's a common. And,
1: and, and in this place, for example, I found the co-founders there. I, I can see and, and I can pick, I can pick people um, and, and see exactly like um, how they are, if there is a potential. And basically, those people very often then come up with something that you can turn into something. And at some point, these people also, if they know you, will ask you, like, look, I, I have there this piece of tech or I'm working on this and that. Can you help on this? And this is how how, how this, for example, now in the past worked for me, like this way or, um, yeah, other entrepreneur friends I met throughout life or someone knows someone and redirects them to me. And, um, yeah. It can all go all the different ways for example the other the, the other startup I'm, I'm doing right now is uh that two guys met in in mabea yeah? so i was living there i knew someone there and he met with someone else from germany there they were climbing on the rock they had an idea and said like okay how can we make this a thing and they approached me and they were like okay sounds quite interesting let's try it and uh we figured it out how we can make it a thing and put it on track and now it's uh uh, it got is uh, MVP funded, let's say. Uh, so, and let's see where it goes.
0: So essentially, it's uh, yeah, very informal. Um, very informal. Yeah,
1: but that's the way I am. You know, I. I, I hmm. That's why I like the loose and the informal. I mean, when you go pitching and stuff, you you need to be sharp and on point and laser focused. That's different situation. That's why you prepare very good before you go to certain places. But with the founders. Um, Usually, it takes me like a very intense session to get them on speed, up up to speed, you know, of the, the mindset you need to have as a, a startup founder. And very much, often, this also means to, it sounds a little bit stupid, but to break them and put them together the focused way you needed to have. Because in the beginning, the, the ideas can be very wild and go completely south and, um then you you have to realize certain things in order to understand what what's what's the problem the actual problem that you need to focus on problems and serve uh, a clear and focused solution to this
0: so but playing playing devil's advocate a bit uh, do you ever feel that you know you mentioned that you you went to the entrepreneur's first uh, application process like you were you were there alongside all these other really talented people. Is there not a concern that so these talented people would prioritize going with programs like Entrepreneur First or, or the other bigger, well-known programs, or do you feel like you know there's enough to go around and and that's not a, it's not a competitive as as competitive as we may think?
1: I mean, they are. Not, I mean, the, those programs are over quite quickly, and what's left over from this once you have burnt the money is not very much, and the consulting that you get there at points can be very interesting but if you have been to some of them they are all telling the same stuff Um, it's not really revolutionary and nobody you know a good piece of advice is is nice but it it's something different than having someone on board on your team that can in the whole process push you in the right direction and guide you the right way so i would say it's a totally different thing Right, you know, it's a different the, experience. An accelerate yeah, an accelerator um is just someone giving you a little bit of advice and then it's up to you if you you are able to use it or not. If you have someone on the team who is more experienced, then it's like a having a a, a football player on your team that actually uh, is a little bit more experienced and not just a beginner. So um it's like if you have a football team and there's someone standing on the side and from the side as a trainer saying you're giving you tips, you know, how you should do it, but then uh, you are you cannot really transform it, okay, so stuff like this. So this is um, part of it. The other part of it is that I, I can do a lot of things myself, hands on, uh, where I really deliver value to the people and uh, not just be talking, but really jump on board and can take action which is i think a huge bonus so
0: also. essentially the the advantage of of working with you is that you're almost coming in as like a co-founder and dedicating much more exactly. time and resources than than some of these bigger programs where maybe the founders I are I, yeah go ahead. i would
1: say i would get them pitch ready Mm. I would get them pitch ready. I would get them not only in, in the documents and the business model. I will get the business model straight with them. I will get them in a place that they are po- able to, to understand the language of the market and to understand what they are doing there and to represent it themselves. But we, to have a good business model, a financial plan, I will get them to a, a, a good um, pitch deck and help them produce everything for it or maybe do it myself. And I will uh, help to to get the prototype, you know, sorted out. Like, what should the MVP be? So, what really needs to go into it, and what not? And then um, sourcing it and building it. And uh, to my goal is to get every of the startups to the point where they can go out pitching to VCs or to whatever, or, or get off the ground themselves. But to survive this uh, seed phase that's um, my goal and i think that i virtually any topic could do but I, to be honest i'm 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 I, I like projects that are positive impact so um if if there are, problem, there are projects that are, that have some positive impact to society that are my favorites and they <laughs> and have some project of heart that at some point i will do myself but um looking so, for the right co-founders.
0: So what? Like, oh, okay, I got I, t- two follow up questions to this. One is, then what is your what does su- success look like for you? Let's say three years from now, and what are the biggest challenges you face to get to to reach your objectives uh, within the next three years? Three years.
1: I think my biggest measurement of success is the privilege or having the privilege forever to be able to be working what you want not being forced to have to work with something or someone or working for someone else I think that it's an absolute privilege to be able to just dedicate your lifetime to the things you decide to dedicate your lifetime to
0: but surely you're already doing that, no? So you've, you've kind of already yeah. won.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, from my perspective, I have. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, probably I don't have the helicopter on the helicopter pad next to my house. But but I'm 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 I sorted my life out in a decent way. I'm um, not missing anything. So uh,
0: so, but then I in terms of the venture builder, though, what what would be the 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 goals for that? Like, I mean, I would imagine on the opposite end of the extreme failure would be, okay, every single venture that you go into goes busts. Uh, nobody gets follow on funding. Uh, you know, Jim craft doesn't scale. Like what, what on a tangible level in the next, let's say three years or five years, whatever horizon you want to put it to uh, what, what is, what does success look like on a practical level?
1: For the startups or for me personally?
0: Uh, well, I guess there's overlap there, right?
1: There's overlap. I mean, the, the startups, in, in theory, I would, I would say that I'm inside the startups for two years, uh, going along the journey with them. And at some, time, at some point, just replace myself, bail out and um, let, it, let it go. And move on to the next thing. So, in in the best case, there will be an exit. If if not, then there are shares where you hopefully then earn money on, and uh, you move on to the next thing. So, um, if the startups succeed. So, for example, I my I, I'm I think that um, for me it's all about testing quickly and failing fast uh, with those startups. So um, I I more or less, I I allocate from experience three to six months that you need to put in each idea to build it to a point from from zero to something. It will take three to six months, in in my opinion. Um, And then you will see where they go, if they they proceed or if they get the interest you want or not. And... um, Yeah. uh, For example, I'm. Yeah. Then you. Then you will see if the startups are carrying themselves or not, if it works or not, and um, if you see that you go pitching and stuff, and it's not accepted, at some point, just you say, okay, then this is not valid, and you turn around, and you dedicate your time to new things or other things. So. in this case now already we know that at least one of the no two of the three is um is funded basically and um so i'm not worried at all so i know that there's uh it was worth the work already
0: and so and so but what and what are the challenges then what what like is there anything Like if you could just wave the magic wand, what obstacles would you have removed on your path to to these goals?
1: Oh, of course, more money is always nice. Uh, (laughs) It's stuff a lot easier. But but in my in my in in my um, experience, money doesn't solve everything. Um, Of course not. Sometimes it's even healthier if you start on a loan low budget because then you start out being more efficient and then you start scaling in more efficient uh, structure, which is quite healthy. Um, what many VCs are also do, they, they give you plenty of money and push you to be fast, um, but this ultimately leads into bad decisions and in burning the money uh, unnecessarily. So um, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, not going too slow. Also, you know, you need to be ahead of the market and everything. And uh, only if you're close to falling, you are going fast enough. I know all the the sayings, but I I, I would not, um, I do not agree. I I think that it's better to be reasonable in the things. For example, a hiring process for me is very crucial because I think hiring the, the key people or good people for your startup is, is the key for the success of the startup and there can go so much wrong, you can burn so much on, on hiring the wrong people and um, for example there I would take more time to find the right people um, instead of rushing in and burning money on the wrong people and so finding the right people there would you know, even if you have a lot of money, you could not scale it quickly because you need to get qualified, uh, good gotcha. people on board. Uh, finding them is basically one of the longest processes in uh, the bottleneck, I would say, in in everything.
0: It's gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, th- I just a little thing here. I think your your mic is rubbing up against something, possibly. Oh no,
1: I, I'm playing with my with a with a pencil.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay, because I can hear like a lot of like it's it's. Um, Sounding like you like something rough is rubbing up against the mic or something.
1: No, no. Okay, it should be gone now.
0: Uh,
1: well, I think so. Try fast, fail fast, go on, and yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and but then, at what point do you leave the the, the like? Let's say one of these uh, startups really takes off and um, it's it's scaling quite quickly. Is there like? Um, uh like do you automatically say okay I want to I don't want to scale this thing or if it's really exciting would you stay on board and continue with it
1: if if it would be uh, my dream thing and uh, super um, humanly fulfilling to do this I would stay on board definitely mm. but um yeah and there is a project on my mind for a long time and if I'm ever in my lifetime be able to do this this is the chance that I will probably just stay there um But until that point, um, I I love just being challenged, you know, and having to deal with new topics every, you know, few years or every few months to being, you know, introduced to new topics. For me, this is lifelong learning. It keeps the mind fresh and and, uh, fast and it's very interesting. So this is for me uh, just the best of it, you know, and that's why I say it's a privilege. It's not a necessity. It's a privilege being able to do this. And this brings me to the the main takeaways that I want to give people who are looking into getting an entrepreneur, that the time is key uh, in everything, because else if you don't have the time, you have to work to get your fridge full, then you will not be able to really work on something. And if you want to get started with something and have the first, you know, ideas you're working on you maybe have to dedicate one start to dedicate one day a week to work on it uh, until you have your pitch deck financial plan and prototype and commitment from some customer and then you can do the first pitches and only then if you have raised money and you have an you know a, a reasonable um you know runway then you can quit your job yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, because some people are are going nuts when they say, Oh now I go start up and I quit my job and say, No, don't do it, wait until we, we get stuff. Um I had this already. Um yeah. And for everyone who's looking into get who who is quite young and looking into it and wonders how this works, of course you need to learn something, you need to be specialized in something, you ha- need to have some some abilities you can exploit and um if you have really found a topic or a thing you are convinced of, you want to focus, you can dedicate to it and then you have to persist and to, you know, really persistent and not give up on what you are doing. Um, I think this is one of the key things and many people give up very quickly or are tilted when, when something doesn't work. But I think in the life of an entrepreneur, uh, a big part of, 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 uh, the success are the failures but the people never talk about the failures they already always just talk about the success uh
0: that's true that's <laughs> true we always uh there's that survivor bias where we're not hearing uh yeah. about the the rough stuff um so uh you know p- approaching wrapping up here but um two things one is you know talking specifically about those uh You know, people giving up and whatnot, or or not having the cash to shift from your day job to, you know, uh, being able to work on your startup full time. Uh, I'm wondering if you have any specific advice around that. And then, um, secondly, yeah, if you have any, I don't know, last comments about, uh, you know, advice on giving startups in general or, uh, you know, working with uh, you at your venture builder.
1: Yeah, I have a few things on my heart that I wanted to, to tell the people. And um, I think it's well, you, if, you, if you want that something happens in your life, you have to tickle life. And the more often you challenge the resistance of something not happening, the likelier it gets that it will break and it will happen at some point. And um, yeah, when you get not knocked down, just don't stay down. You always have to stand up. Uh, in order to make to give life the chance to to actually make something happen happen. and um, that's that's exactly the thing when you go pitching that you I mean I was lucky. i, I would say to be gentle, <laughs> I was lucky, but my luck keeps to carry on somehow. so i I'm, I never have like one hundred pitches. I, it seems like I have a good hand for the different things. Uh, where, wherever I apply or we, we do pitches, there's a pretty good sh- chance that we that we uh, get it. and um, I would say that this is down to really understanding what you the opposite or the audience or where you are at really wants to hear or what is the problem, and trying to figure out a bold uh, answer to this problem, and being convincing on this, and uh, this is actually something I learned in design and architecture. Um, for me, this is a, one of the design principles: is to not give you know ten thousand details because this is not beautiful, not convincing. But really understanding the issue of the location uh, or the the problem of the of the situation and give a bold answer, a good, a strong answer to it, and to not dilute with with different other things. And the same applies to everything in, 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 in well, life or in business. And, um, yeah, a good uh, hint I want to give to people also is to not, never underestimate the, the human factor. I mean... Uh, the reason why most successful pa- startups, even when they are funded and series A, B or whatsoever, um, and they go down at some point, is the human factor. So it's not the, the limiting factor in in, sta- in the startup ecosystem. From looking from down, down, you know, you, you think you, the, the, the limiting factor is is money, but it isn't. Money is there, plenty. If you can get it, it's it's plenty, it is there. But it's most likely the human issue uh, down the road. It, it can be the founders that are weird. I don't know. There are late stage startups that then then just break down or de- get divided because one founder has sex with the wife of the other founder. <laughs> and, you know, this
0: thing please please, please I, tell I, me that's I, not a true story.
1: <laughs> it's a true story. In, oh my God. My, <laughs> Not in my environment, but I asked the, uh, an, an, an angel investor who's very active, and I said, look, what, what's the most common reason for you in your, in, in your startups why they fail? They say, yeah, well, it's, it's things like this. Like, the one, one founder has sex with the wife of the other founder, and a successful business goes down to shit, you know? And <laughs> that's my God. how it goes. I, the, the it is like this and in my in my in my uh, experience also i you know people change over time they develop different interests i don't know they decide to step out of society i don't know what and and it can heavily impact the startups and the performance so i think take a good look at how with who you are sitting together in a boat because it's like being married um And, uh, you know, that they are reliable and uh, not too quickly on changing the mind not tilting. But, you know, good people that you have trust on to be happy being together with them even five years from now.
0: Mm. And
1: um, all I want to say also is very important, which people do not talk a lot about, is take care of your health especially in this VC ecosystem, people push you a lot to be fast, efficient, and stressed, and this is the time of your life to just, you know, uh, yeah, squeeze yourself like a lemon uh, until you are completely burned out after uh, a few years. So if you are not in it for doing a sprint, but to making a marathon, then just you need to really take care of your energy, um, be able to uh, dose your energy to the different things you're doing to regain energy, being healthy physically and mentally uh, because this is what enables you to keep the ball rolling and persistence is I would say the key to most of the success in startups and if you like if you go to the gym you will only build muscles when you do it regularly and not just one effort, one time, ha, and then you are done and you are broken and you can't do it again. But someone who goes regularly to the gym and doing his training regularly will have a much better outcome. And that's the same um, with the start in, in, in my opinion. And it's I think with all of this, and people love their companies, love their ideas, and they identify themselves a lot with it. It's very important to tell these people that don't let your work define you. You are more than your work. And um, because the problem is once you define yourself only over your work and your work fails, yeah, which is in the startup ecosystem always part of the possibilities, then um, you would fail as a human. And this would be bad for your psycholo- psycholo- psychology. And if you want to have the strength to continue, and this is what I am um for for, is especially true for me. And what I noticed when when doing like venture building, and for example, something where you have dedicated a lot of work, and you need to let it go, you just don't need to take it too hard and uh, see it as a failure as for you as a human or whatsoever. Um, You know, you have to distinct these things, for from, from each other, then you have the strength to just continue and keep knocking and keeping up this persistence. So maybe that's a valuable tip I want to give to the people.
0: I think that's super valuable and and not talked about enough. I almost feel like uh, that would be a topic for uh, another day. Um, Just that whole, the whole issues of like mental health around, um, you know, startups and mental health and and just making sure that you're not burning yourself out, uh, especially in today's culture. You know, when you, you hear these sort of business gurus like uh, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, basically saying, hey, uh, you know, you only need to sleep five hours a day and every other hour you should be just giving it your all. It's, it's just a bit excessive, um, but cool. Well, Fabio, uh, I think this was super informative, um, really interesting to hear uh, your views and your vision on how you're creating a venture builder um, I think anybody who listens to the podcast will get a lot out of uh, hearing from your experience and and who knows uh, maybe there are some founders out there that uh, would be now interested to get in touch with you. So hopefully this helps your deal flow.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Wait, then, then, then let me say my, my heart. I talked a lot about it, my project of heart. I will make it short. Um, mm. There's a perfect startup I'm dreaming of, which would be my the startup of the dreams. It would be building prefabricated wooden ecological homes that are nicely designed on industrial scale with a lot of, let's say, industrialization robots and this kind of stuff. So so you basically would go on a website, configure your home, modular home, and you just order it, and there would be no architects, no people in the middle involved, and it would be cheap AF, um, because this is what we we need in the future. You have the climate change, we need to react to the climate change, and we need to react to the lack of payable spaces. Uh, Germany's industry is... um, yeah building industry is, is is that much booming that young people cannot afford to buy houses anymore and i think building um payable houses would be really awesome a good contribution to society
0: uh, i love that i i love i love this this um this idea uh but in particular coming from you because i think it's a reflection of how you know like you were saying earlier about, oh, well, I have a degree in the arts or I'm an architecture. I'm not from the business world, but that's exactly what we need, right? We need people that have expertise in other domains that then learn entrepreneurship and then can make these ideas a reality, right? There, I think there are so yeah. many people out there that have um, knowledge in various industries, various domains that could really have an impact on the world, but they never were exposed to the idea that, oh, they could be the ones that could bring this to market. You know, they just have no, like, it doesn't even cross their mind. Like, hey, I could be the one that would build this company. Um, and so, yeah, really cool to hear that, you know, it, it kind of comes full circle and that you're bringing your, your passion for architecture and, and housing and, and all of that. Um, and, and combining that with your, now with all the experience that you had building companies. So, so yeah. whoever I look, feels I look,
1: the call, you know, you know, whoever feels this vision can approach me and we talk about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll speak soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show <laughs> a second time.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And that's a wrap. Thank you everyone for joining us on yet another episode of the MBA is Dead podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow. We're on every single podcasting platform and social media channel as well as YouTube. Just search for the name of the show, The MBA is Dead. Also, and probably most importantly, if you are looking for resources on startups, startup accelerators or entrepreneurship do visit our website thembaisdead.com there you can find listings of hundreds of accelerators from around the world all seeking founders who need funding it's a great resource for any entrepreneur looking for cash investment or mentorship so you should definitely check it out thanks again for joining and see you soon